You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 324. The, what the prospectors are gathering, the cold callers are gathering, is info on the, uh, we do the five pillars, situation, motivation, condition, price, and timeline. Okay. Uh, they're, you know, the situation, what is going on with the house? This is a rental property. It's vacant. Why, you know, ultimately the motivation, why do they want to sell? What ballpark price are they looking for? When do they want to sell? This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Bam! Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey guys, welcome to another awesome episode of Wholesaling Inc. I am so excited to be with you guys today. I have an amazing guest who is going to give you direct information that you can use. Guys, this is something that is so incredible. I've got a guy on the phone right now who is the acquisition manager to one of our most successful students. He is doing four to six deals every single month. But here's the kicker, guys. Here's the catch. Are you ready for this? Are you guys sitting down? If you're you're driving, don't drive off the road because I'm so excited to tell you this. The individual I have on the phone is doing four to six deals per month over the phone in a different location. He lives in Mexico and he's the acquisition manager for somebody who lives in Georgia and they are doing these deals over the phone. I am so blown away. I know this particular student. His name is Brandon Barnes in Georgia. He's a rock star student. He's been super helpful in the tribe. He runs REI Live in Atlanta. If you guys are in Atlanta or Georgia, I would definitely recommend checking out the RIA group that he runs. And his acquisition manager is John Carney, who lives in Mexico and is doing all these deals from Mexico. So I am so excited, guys. Today is going to be a great show about how to do deals with an acquisition manager, or if you're the acquisition manager of your business, how to do them totally remotely. You guys know me. I am going to deep dive. I'm going to hold John's feet to the fire, and we are going to ask him every question that you guys want to know so that we can go out and do the same exact thing. I am so excited. My name, by the way, is Tom Kroll. If you don't know what Wholesaling Inc. is or wholesaling is, wholesaling is the art of consistently finding discounted properties. That's it. It has nothing to do with your exit strategy and even less to do with real estate. So if you want to make a fortune in a short amount of time, find out what wholesaling is. It's the art of consistently finding discounted properties. And if you can get good at that, you will make a ton of money. If you have more questions about it, you can always head on over to Wholesaling Inc., wholesalinginc.com, fill out an application. And if we like what you have to say, we might even invite you in to be a rhino. So without further ado, let's get started. I want to deep dive. This is the no fluff, no BS zone. Let's get right to the meat and potatoes. John, are you on the phone? Can you hear me okay? I sure can. All right. Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, I always say guests have a busy schedule, but I know you legitimately have a busy schedule because <laughs> you are doing a ton of deals over the phone. Before we get started into the details of how you're doing what you're doing and exactly what you're doing so our audience can do the same thing and have even better results than you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got started and how the heck did you become Brandon Barnes acquisition manager all the way from <laughs> Mexico? So what, what is that all about? Well, first off, thanks for having me. It's a super honor to be here. So I started, you know, I I lived in Mexico. I grew up here. 
And then I came back, went back to the United States and did a little college, did some time in the Marine Corps, uh, and then eventually moved back to Mexico and was looking for being in Mexico, looking for something I could, you know, work remotely. And I came on with Brandon Barnes and, and B&M Property Solutions like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, and I started out as a prospector, as a cold caller. Uh, and the opportunity was there for me to, you know, jump up into the acquisitions manager, lead manager spot. And I jumped in and here we are. That's, That's it. So, <laughs> first of all, we're honored to have you on the show. Thank you for your service. That's awesome. <laughs> very, very cool. Thank you for your service to our country. Let me ask you this. Did you, did you actually come across an ad that he was running? Is that how that happened? Yeah, yeah. So actually, I was um, you know, looking for work actively online and came across his, his advertisement, put in my resume, et cetera. And you know, did the interviews, and uh, you know, made it, got on board, and started as as a cold caller. I think that's awesome. So, so you actually started as a cold caller for Brandon. I guess was he using something like the TTP program, the talk to people program, or was it just cold calling like cold homeowners? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, like like using list um, from list source, and um, I believe just list source, and you know, having those starting out, having conversations, just seeing if they're interested in selling their home. Got uh, it. And if they are, then that that's a lead. Okay. Now, now, John, I'm totally blown away here because I know I know Brandon and Vanessa Barnes. They are besides being a total rock star rhinos and an awesome couple with a beautiful family and just really awesome people. As a matter of fact, I had them. I have a, a summer home up north, and they came to it, and we spent some time together. They are awesome. But I also know they're they're very successful. And from what I understand, so you're doing four to six deals pretty much every month in Georgia. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's okay. Accurate. That's amazing. And what is the average size of your deals? I uh, think right now it's about twenty-two, dollars $23,000. $22,000 per deal. I'm totally blown away. So, all right. So here's what I've got to figure out. The way that um, we do a lot of these deals in, in my company, the way we do them is we actually send the acquisition manager out to the property. And there's a whole entire little protocol that we follow, a process of how Daniel can put these properties under contract and then buy them and close them and resell them more. You know, and I don't know, are you guys assigning most of your deals or double closing? Most are double closing. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Take me through this because our audience wants to know how the heck are you doing these deals over the phone? I want to know how do you build a rapport? How do you build trust? How do you logistically actually get the contract signed? Because we have a whole little process we follow. So let's break this down. So first of all, the calls go out and then the phone calls come back in, right? So the direct mail or the marketing goes out. Are you guys using direct mail or what? what is the marketing channel that you're using? I don't believe we're using direct mail, at least not now, or okay. at least not a lot. That Really like it is, it's the prospectors, the cold callers, calling a list, talking to someone and saying, hey, do you want to sell your home? You know, cash as is. And then the people that are interested get transferred over to me and then I call them and take them through the process. Okay, so let's break that down. So you are doing cold calling. So anyone who's interested in cold calling, we have an awesome program called TTP run by Brent Daniels, an amazing guy. So they have cold calling. for They're cold calling their list and then the homeowner will on the cold call say, they'll indicate, yes, I'm interested in selling my home. Now, first of all, is it a live transfer or do they schedule a call and a time for you to call them or is it just kind of haphazardly like they pass it over then you, you call them when you can, not, I don't want to say haphazardly, but do you just kind of like have so many leads you're calling when you can get to them or what does that look like? 
Right. Yeah. So uh, they pass them over. Usually the turnaround is anywhere between one and three days, usually, uh, that I at least try to make contact with them okay. and call them back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So John and Sally Smith say, yes, we're interested in selling. Then the cold caller will pass the call to you. How do they pass the call to you? Is it? Are you guys using a CRM? Yeah. So we were uh, actually in Mojo. So they were just uh, assigning it to me and then I would have it as a call that I could go through and and call them. Okay. Uh, and right now we have we are switching over making the transition to call tools. Uh, so it's a little bit different there as well, but essentially yeah, using a CRM to pass it to me and then I call. Okay. So you call them back within 1 to 3 days, which is a, a long lag time. I got to tell you that that makes me a little nervous, but it sounds like it's working. So you know, what can I say about it? That's awesome. You call them back and you are now dealing with a person. The only thing you have for them is what information do you have the address and I, I would imagine you have the address right, or what, what information are you receiving typically from that CRM before you call? The What the prospectors are gathering, the cold callers are gathering, is info on the, uh, we do the five pillars, situation, motivation, condition, price, and timeline. Okay. Uh, they're, you know, the situation, what is going on with the house? This is a rental property. It's vacant. Why, you know, ultimately the motivation, why do they want to sell? What ballpark price are they looking for? When do they want to sell? And any other pertinent info, but that's the, the meat and potatoes of it. And you have the address. Yeah, address and the course, yeah. Okay, now l- let me ask you a question. A lot of new wholesalers are listening and they're saying, yeah, but John, you know, a lot of people, they kind of, you know, keep information tight to the chest, right? They, they, they don't really want to reveal why or they'll say, you know, I'm really not picking up a lot of sellers who are super motivated to sell right away. What can you say to the people who are just starting out who are kind of like, they don't hear motivation? Are there things that you're listening for where you would say, hey, with your experience, these people, even though they don't sound motivated, they really are? Or are you just finding like a whole bunch of people who are just like, oh, John, I'm so glad you called. I've been waiting. I've been sitting here by the phone waiting for your call. <laughs> like, what can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Sure. Not too many of the latter. Um, okay. But yeah, no, but ultimately, um, especially now, I, well, something I've noticed recently is I think people are getting called more and more. They are definitely keeping that information more to the chest. But it's the prospector's job in mind to basically just have a conversation and figure out, you know, are they motivated? Do they want to sell? And ultimately, can we do business? And if we can't, well, that's all right. You know, on to the next. And if we can, great. Okay, a few quick questions. Number one, just out of, because I know people are listening, they're going to be setting this up at their home office. So um, my first question is, are you finding that most of your deals are closing on that first phone call? Or are you finding that there's a lot of follow-up calls that you're making all day? Um, Money's in the follow-ups. Yeah, you're following up. Um, I think we were looking at it. I was just trying to run some numbers on my own. I think average times that I have to try to connect with someone. Now, maybe it's I call and they don't answer. I leave a voicemail. I send a text. I send an email. You know, But as far as like touches that I make for a deal to actually for them to sign, I think it's like eight to 10 uh, roughly. I okay. mean, it's, don't quote me on that, but it's, it's quite a few. It's not very rarely is it they call, they, you know, they pick up, I make an offer and they sign. You, you got to keep working on them. So your day is legitimately busy with follow-up pretty much all day. Right. Yeah. Okay. What do you do before you make the phone call? Because you have the address. A lot of people are wondering, okay, I'm going to call John and Sally Smith and that, you know, I have this information. Are you actually researching 
what you're going to offer them beforehand? Do you have any idea? And and then my follow-up question to that, John, is going to be, how do you determine your, you know, a lot of people in our industry, they use maximum allowable offer. We have a comping system at Wholesaling Inc. Some people use ARV, which I'm not a big fan of, but I know a lot of people like it, so that's fine. So my first question is, what kind of research are you doing before you get on the phone with, before you try them? And then do you do anything with pricing or the house before you make that phone call or anything like that? 95% of the time, I'm not doing any research prior. Okay. I get on the phone. You know, If we use, for example, we're using Mojo, you can dial three people at once and the first person that answers is who you talk to. So it literally makes a beep noise and it pops up and I see a name and an address and I say, hey, John, this is John Carney and you spoke with my partner about 123 Main Street, and I was calling you back to get an offer to you. Oh, to get an offer to you. I like that. You know, sometimes on this show, guys, when we have a rock star, they'll say something very quickly that I don't think, you know, they appreciate the weight of. But what John just said, guys, that is pure liquid gold. So everyone should rewind this about 20 seconds and listen to how he starts the call. Uh, very, very cool, John. I like that. That's that's a great way to start with an actual bait uh, instead of an empty hook. So that's very cool. Okay, so now John and Sally are starting to indicate that there's some motivation, right? That you can smell that there's somebody who's a little bit maybe interested in in, in getting an offer from you. Take me through this. And I, I'm not usually so granular on the podcast, but I really want to, in my belly, understand what you're saying. So John and Sally, you could kind of tell they're kind of interested. They're open to getting an offer from you. Take me through that call. How do you end up ultimately doing that? And how do you come up with your number? So, uh, you know, I have I actually, if you can hear me fluffing papers, I actually have a script right here in front of me that we, that we stick to. But ultimately, I, I pick up the phone, I introduce myself, I tell them who I am and what I'm calling for, and ask them permission to have that conversation. Um, if they, you know, they say yes, or call me some other time. And then I, I start asking them questions about the property. I start asking them about reasons why they're selling open-ended questions. Really, I just try to get them talking and focus on having a good conversation, uh, which some people like to have and some people don't. Okay. Uh, and as I'm doing that, I am clicking into Zillow, clicking into Google Maps, and starting to figure out simultaneously what we can offer, what's the number we've got. <laughs> I love it. So first of all, if you're okay with it, I'd like to get a copy of the script. And, I'll, uh, and if you guys, what I'll do is I'll put it into the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. And this way you guys can see it, but uh, we'll definitely do that. But what we're going to do is I want to ask you, so first of all, a few quick questions, because this is where the meat and potato is, right? Who makes the offer first? Do you ask them for a number of what they're thinking, or do you actually go out and make a number offer first? How, how would you describe that process? We're always uh, trying to get, uh, everybody knows, though, that if you throw out the number first, you lose. So right. they, <laughs> a lot of people you talk to already know that and really refuse to throw out a number. Right. Um, but so I ask a couple of different ways, you know, hey, just give me a ball. I, I won't hold you to it. I'm just trying to gauge where you're at. Just oh, trying to see it. what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> I won't so hold you to, to it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> so, and, you know, going off now, if they're, you know, adamant and like a, I've noticed recently, there's a lot of people who really, I mean, they know what you're doing. You know, they hey, they say, hey, you called me. You, you go first. Right. I say, okay, f- fair enough. No problem at all. Uh, and so then, you know, if I would throw out a number then, but I would throw out a low, a low number. We, we use the Ackerman method. Okay, uh, what is, is that? It's you take your 100% of what you can offer. So if you can offer 100,000, your first offer would be at 
your second offer would be at 85, your third would be at 95, and then your last and final offer would be at what you can offer 100. Wow, I really, really, really like that. That's interesting because a lot of people, especially when they're new, they really struggle in that arena. So John, that's a massive, massive gold nugget. I, I'm, I'm really impressed. Okay, so now you've got John and Sally, that you guys agree on a price. Now, they must have some questions. Do they ever ask you, you know, hey, where are you located? Or that's number one is, you know, is the distance or is the virtual aspect of this, is, does it ever pop up as a problem? And I want to know, how do you actually get them to sign the physical contract? What does that look like? So yeah, we have a part of our script. Also, we have a whole page dedicated to once we get through, and of course, you know, building rapport and, and talking and once we do get through, we make the offer, we do agree, and I explain our process very clearly in great detail, uh, going into everything. That usually takes, I don't know, anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes, just me explaining what's going to happen so they know what to expect, and there's no, no surprises on anybody's part. And I think that that's being blunt and just completely honest and upfront about what's going to happen ends up allowing to, not only do they sign, but then actually allows there not to be issues and for it to close. So, so as far as like, it doesn't allow there to be any issues and it allows it to close. How are you mitigating that? So, um, you know, a lot of times, especially for on our end, you know, I'll say, or a good rebuttal that I always have is, you know, how can you make this offer without seeing the property? Yes. Okay. Um, and so I, I say, Hey, look, based on, you know, we're buying it as is based on what you've told me. Cause I do ask a lot of questions about the condition, ask about what's going on, ask about you know, bedrooms, baths, how old is the roof? Have there been any updates to it? You know, what's going on with the place? And based on that, I can make our offer and we can stand by our offer. Um, if we do purchase, the, if you do decide to move forward, you know, my my partners will go out there. They will take a look at it. They will do a walkthrough. Uh, we will sh- probably show it to our buyers. Uh, we will probably be listing this as well. So I, I kind of go through the whole process of what we do. And at every point, checking, because there's always going to be some questions. Some people really understand wholesaling and there's no problem, but there's a lot of people who really don't. So explaining what it is to wholesale and getting them through that so they're comfortable with it. All right. I, I got it. So you actually, and, and logistically, how does that work? First and foremost, the first option we try to do is email it and we use DocuSign. I think we just switched to InsureSign, actually, uh, which is basically electronically, they can go in, they can sign it. That's the easiest way because they just sign it, it happens instantly and we can move forward. There's sometimes some people that might need a personal visit, and in which case uh, my partner Jalen would, you know, can hand deliver it and then talk to them and uh, have it signed that way. We have people fax them back to us. Sometimes we use mobile notaries as well. How many of these deals are actually locked up, or I should say, put under contract just with you on the phone, and what percentage actually require that visit? I would say honestly, we like 95% over the phone. That's we awesome. really don't. I mean, I really try not to send somebody out there. I, I do everything I can to get them to sign up, you know, virtually. How long does the typical call last when you have somebody who's going to sign the contract where you're going to do a deal? When you finally make that that final phone call to do to do the sales pitch here or the negotiation, how long does that typical call last? Um, it can go anywhere between 15 minutes and an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. not very narrowed down, but it really just depends. No, but that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's exactly what I would have thought that you would have said. Um, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you this top two or three 
objections that you get from sellers and how do you answer them? So you're on the call with people, they're, they're interested and you know, you could sense there's definitely some motivation there and they want to sell the property. What are like some of the two, the top two or three objections you get from the sellers and what do you do to answer those objections? And my other question is, how do you handle it when there's multiple people involved? Because one thing, for instance, that we do is when we go to the property, we always say, hey, we want all the decision makers there. So if it's a husband and wife or two sisters and a brother, can you please have everybody at the property? So I'm interested to know what are some of your common objections and how do you overcome them and how do you deal with multiple owners on a, on a single property? Great questions. You are getting into the meat and potatoes. Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> so uh, the, the one I'd say my all-time favorite uh, rebuttal or objection uh, is... Uh, and you're just going to give me a low ball offer. Oh, it's going to be some low offer. You know, you're trying to steal. I want to sell my home. I don't want to give it away. Okay. Um, so my answer is always um, something like, hey, look, I'm not going to try to give you a low ball offer. I'm calling because I want to try to do a deal. But if you have some time, let's talk about the property and let me tell you where I can be at. And if that works for you, great. And if it doesn't, you can hang up the phone and I won't call you again. Right. Okay. So you kind of pull away. Pull away, yeah, pull away, yeah, yeah. And, and just be upfront saying, "Hey," because ultimately it's true. Like I don't want to call somebody and make an offer that they don't like, and they cuss me out. But sometimes that does happen. So I'm just my my I guess my general pitch is like, "Look, I'm not going to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. I just want to see if we could be a good fit." Right. Okay. And what are some of your other common uh, or anything else that you can think of that that you deal with that where you kind of answer an objection that the seller might have? Uh, the the other common one would be um, in terms of the process, like with wholesaling, oh, you're going to have people come in and look at the place. And if you don't want to buy it, if you can't find a buyer for it, you're going to back out and I'm going to be left stuck uh, is another common one that I, I get. Okay. Uh, so for that, I say um, I explain the process even better saying, look, sometimes that has happened, but it's the exception, not the rule by, by all means. And we are upfront, transparent and honest. This entire conversation, I have told you exactly what we're doing and exactly what we can and what we can't do. And we, you can expect that throughout the whole process. If we don't think this is going to work, we're going to tell you as soon as possible and figure out a way around it. Or you know whatever we can do, uh, but we're not going to waste your time. Uh, yeah, I love it because it's 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 honest, and you know honesty is the best policy in these procedures. So really, really, really awesome. So John, this is amazing. You're a rock star, brother. So all right, so now the deal is done. You have the property under contract. Then at that point, I guess the, you're the acquisition manager. Does the disposition manager go and and then I guess at that point it's kind of out of your hands, or are you still involved with the process after that? Uh, it's pretty much out of my hands. Um, I mean, we—I mean, I'm working with them, explaining uh, nuances or something with every property, of course. But basically, it's out of my hands. Uh, sometimes I might come back and talk to them just throughout the process, just kind of checking in, uh, making sure that I hand. I also do have a good uh, handoff conversation with the dispositions manager. Hey, you know, this is my partner, Vanessa or Jalen. They're going to be oh, calling you. Okay. So I kind of pass, yeah. pass the baton to them. And a lot of times I will call back uh, if we do need a reduction. I'll call back and, and get try to get the reduction. Let's talk about the reduction. Do you do an inspection? Do you have an actual inspector come out to each property? Or is that just based on what the disposition manager is seeing? Or how do you actually handle the, the reduction? Uh, so really, we don't. Uh, we haven't been doing an actual like inspection. We've just basically been doing walkthroughs. We call it. Um, I say it's a walkthrough slash showing. We're going to get a walkthrough, get a feel for the condition, you know, a more detailed feel for it, and have our our people look at it and have our potential buyers look at it. Got it. Um, you know, explaining to them what's going on. So they're they're expecting 
people to come by and there to be you know, more than one person. It could be potential up to a dozen people coming to look at the place. Awesome. Okay. So, so got it. Uh, 10-4. Very cool. I think that this is awesome. I'm going to ask you some other questions that are now a little bit higher level, 50,000 feet. But before I do, if anyone is about to implement this system in their office, are there any tidbits or things that I've missed? Anything that you would say, hey, Tom, before we move on to anything else, you know, if you're going to set this up, in your office, here's what you need to know, or anything that I might be leaving out here. I mean, ultimately, what you're, um, I think, what's made me successful, or as as successful as I've been, is uh, a balance between, you know, I guess you could say grinding it out because you're going to be calling people. I call a lot of people. I make a lot of offers. Not not a lot of those offers come back, but there's some that do come back and work, and it's great. So it's a it's a process between being able to balance and stay motivated and push through and grind it out, and then also being able to recognize when you do get somebody on the phone who is motivated. And with everybody, you're doing this, but really, what ultimately causes someone to sign and actually go under contract is the amount of rapport that you build with them. Oh, so key, John. You're a rock star, brother. So. I love it. I totally agree. You're awesome. Obviously, I mean, you might have been born awesome, right? But um, <laughs> how did you get so good at this? Is there any, like if someone is thinking about, hey, I'm an acquisition manager, I'd love to be able to work from home in a foreign country and just kind of like, you know, do this um, as either a side uh, income or a full-time income. Anyone who's specifically interested in being a remote acquisition manager for someone, I know for sure, I'll, I'll shout out to my uh, client, uh, Ray in Hawaii, who is definitely going to be interested in this uh, podcast episode. But what would you say, are there any resources or programs or something that you've done that kind of uniquely positioned you to be qualified to do this? Um, ultimately, it was, uh, you know, Brandon Barnes. Brandon Barnes really um, yeah. he just taught, taught me everything from start to finish and is constantly providing feedback for me. I'm probably going to mess up the name, but I did also uh, look into and do a Todd Toback course. I forget the name of it. Todd Toback. Um, I don't know if I know him. Oh, no, no. My brother. My brother, Todd Toback. I feel like <laughs> you might know him. <laughs> I love this Which whole conversation. because straight gold. So, Todd, um, yeah, this is Brandon Barnes is my student, which I love. I'm so honored to be able to call myself his coach. And Todd Toback is my older stepbrother, which is why we have different last names. But he's the one who got me involved. So did you take his No Limits sales training? Yeah, No, no, no Limits. Yeah, that was that one. Okay, so so we have that's awesome to hear. And we have um for any listeners of the show, we will put this link in the show. I think it is wholesalinginc.com forward slash sales. And if you go to that link, there's a massive benefit and discount for picking up that no limit sales training program. Uh that thing is a game changer. I mean, Todd taught me everything I know. So yeah, I I I gotta give him credit. But yeah, we have a um for anybody who's interested in that, there's a huge benefit of going through the podcast to get access to it. So John, that's amazing stuff, brother. I'm really uh I'm really impressed. Most of the people that I speak with on the show are going to the appointment in person. And as I'm speaking with you uh here in the studio, which is just my studio, I call it, it's my home office. But as I'm speaking to you, my other brother, Daniel Toback, just walked in who does the acquisition management stuff for us. And Daniel, I've got John Carney on the phone. Now, John, he can't hear you, but Dan, any, any, this is an acquisition manager that works with Brandon Barnes. He lives in Mexico, works from home, is killing it four to six deals per month, $22,000 average deal. Any questions about a virtual, how about getting deals when you're not with the homeowner? Hey, John, how's it going? And I can't hear you, so I'm sorry. Yeah, hold on, I'll give you one of my headphones. All right, awesome. now we're sharing a headphone. This is very intimate. Go ahead, Dan. Hey, John, how's it going? Good, good. 
Awesome. So yeah, I had a similar question that Tom already posed, but so being that you're in Mexico, all your appointments, essentially, they're not in person. I'm guessing you're locking everything up over the phone. What's the biggest, um, I guess, obstacle and how do you overcome that obstacle with not being in person for any of the deals? Like, How do you avoid the competition aspect of it? How do you avoid not being face-to-face or belly-to-belly with your seller? So, John, that's a great question about, um, you know, a lot of wholesalers these days are saying that there's a lot of situations where there are homeowners who are receiving multiple postcards or multiple phone calls. How how do you deal with um, other wholesalers in your deals? Uh, I mean, ultimately, you're, I mean, it stinks. You are going to lose some deals, right? There's going to be somebody, um, I was just looking at one that I had set a follow-up for. She said, call me back in a couple months. Uh, and of course, I called her back like in a month, not a couple months. Right. Um, awesome. <laughs> but I, so I called her back um, and I just saw that the house sold and it sold for like 10K under what we could have done. I was like, oh man, like that stinks. Um, but it is going to happen. U- ultimately, like I said, we, if I need to, if I sense that somebody um, needs a little bit more like a personal touch, I do send my partner out there, Jalen, or sometimes even Brandon Barnes will go out there. Um, and then if Brandon Barnes goes out there, you know it's going to be a done deal. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got He's it. The, He's the heavy hitter that I bring in for uh, for difficult situations. I love it. So, do you actually set that expectation? If so, for instance, if they say, "Well, you know, I'm talking to a few different investors and I've already gotten some pricing," do you kind of stop the process and then send somebody in face to face, or do you have another way to kind of skin that cat? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sort of depends because it, it depends on if there are like ultimately comes down to motivation, like. Are they truly motivated? Are they actually a good fit? Can we, you know, a lot of it does come down to like figuring out um, where they're at. This is where your ballpark would be important. Because if they're motivated, they say they're talking to investors, but they're 50 grand above what you can do. Well, then what's the point, you know? Um, So, so we, you know, getting them, beginning them through the process, trying to get them to sign and say, Hey, look, you know, and actually we just had one this weekend and he, he actually had to cancel on me, but there was one, he's an older gentleman. We, we are in the same ballpark. We can do a deal. He is motivated. But he said, hey, look, I, I just want to meet somebody. I said, hey, no problem at all. Uh, we can set it up. I'll get my partner, Jalen, out. To, so I think he'll be going out there uh, tomorrow or Wednesday um, to, uh, to talk to the guy, take a contract out there, said, take advantage and actually walk through the property as well, uh, and then lock that up. John, I got to tell you, one of my favorite podcast recordings of the entire season of the entire year. And I got to tell you that this is so amazing. You are a great guy, served our country, lives abroad, works from home, makes a killing. And I am, uh, I'm, I'm super honored to know you and have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing all this valuable information with us, brother. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, so I'll tell you what, if you guys can, I'm going to put a link to the sales training program that John took. Um, we're going to, because we have a special, anybody who goes through the podcast gets a massive discount and a massive benefit also. And I'm also going to put a copy of the script that John uses in the show notes. What we might do is we'll talk to Darren and see if we could uh, put that as an email. But I will tell you, John, this has been an amazing interview. I am so looking forward to getting this one out there to all of the Rhino fans and and listeners and followers and students because you've added a ton. Thank you for the contribution, brother. Really, it was very cool. No, thanks so much for having me. It's um, you guys are awesome. I uh, listened to. I was actually just listening to uh, one of your podcasts uh, like last week. Uh, it was on uh, not when, what to do when you're in a slump, which I'm not in a slump, but. 
you know, right. it's good to have it. Yeah. Hey, oh, there's, I have so much advice. Don't get me started. We could go on to a whole other 30 <laughs> minutes. It's awesome. Awesome. John, thanks so much. Go enjoy that. Enjoy that beautiful Mexican weather. And uh, I appreciate your time today, bro. We're, we're going to have you on again for sure. That was awesome. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was John Carney in Mexico, an acquisition manager for Brandon Barnes. What a rock star. What a go-giver. What a just total sweetheart. I know guys always get upset. Don't call me a sweetheart. I know, but I can't help it. This guy is a rock star. So very, very cool. Uh, I'm so honored to have had him on the show. I hope that's a huge help for you guys. And we're going to put all that information in the show notes for you, for your benefit, so that you can cut through all the fat, get right to the meat and potatoes, and get started on your first or next deal right now. If you want to find out more, wholesalinginc.com, fill out the application, and we'll bring you in to be a rhino. All right, guys, have a great day. And until next time, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling. 